0: On the first episode, you said uh, one of the biggest mistake is a uh, dirty meat, which, Ooh, which
1: I'm yeah. I'm at fault at that. Welcome to Just the Tip Tuesday, Got Game University's new short form podcast. I'm Mike Edgehouse, and with co-host Ryan Smith, we take ten to fifteen minutes to dive into a subject that will make you a better hunter. Remember, it's just the tip that counts. On this week's episode of Just the Tip Tuesday, Ryan and I discuss what I think the hunter's biggest mistake is that they make in the field after their kill. The answer might surprise you, and I actually changed my answer from what I previously said on another interview after having experienced it myself. In addition to describing the mistake, I go into some ways to fix it once you get home. That way, your family can still enjoy the delicious meat that you bring home from the mountain. Thanks for listening.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Just the Tip Tuesday on the Got Game University podcast. Uh, Ryan and Mike here with you, and I think we've got a super good topic for you today. Uh, On the first podcast, you know, Mike and I did together, I asked him, you know, what's the biggest mistake that he, you know, that he he sees that people make in the field when they're processing their game and then what's the biggest mistake he sees when they're you know on the table butchering their animal and he -hmm. gave a couple good answers and said we'd cover it on just the tip and so today we're going to cover the what's the biggest mistake people make when they're just killed their animal and they're processing it on the mountain.
1: awesome i love it thanks ryan thanks for the introduction um Remind me what I said on our first Got Game University podcast, because I might need to renege on that after some recent experiences, (laughs) and I'll I'll expand on what I say, I promise, but just what did I say?
0: So so on the first episode, you said uh, one of the biggest mistake is uh, dirty meat, which which I'm – I'm at fault at that sometimes.
1: <laughs> nobody, nobody likes dirty meat. That <laughs> no. dirty meat is not good. So, speaking of dirty meat, I I watched uh, the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix yesterday last night. Have you seen that? I have not. You know who Johnny Manziel is, though, I, right?
0: I do. He plays for your team.
1: He yeah, yeah. He does not play for my team, and I'm already getting enough crap from the Full Draw Film Tour crew about wearing my Cleveland Browns. Uh, T-shirt in the reel I put describing all the cuts the other day. He was yet another bust at the mistake on the Lake team that I've followed earnestly my entire life. But (laughs) if you get a chance, check out that Manziel documentary, that guy. You know, I was frustrated with him when he was there and I ended up watching that documentary. And then like, I no longer hate the guy and like, think he's a ding dong. Like, I feel sorry for him. Like he's got some stuff. And so it, it's a good one. Netflix did a good job on it. So check that one awesome. out. There's my shameless plug, not sponsored by Netflix. If they want to jump in and sponsor got Game, we welcome that anytime. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> so, throw that out here. Just, just throwing it out there if they wanna right. if they want to pick up cut right and running. I played with it.
0: quarterback in eighth grade. So
1: <laughs> yeah, Uncle Rico over here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. So I said dirty meat. Well, dirty meat isn't good, but And I, I still put that very close to the top, but this past week, um, August 1st in several parts of the state we live in in Idaho, elk season opens for a cow or a spike with any weapon within a mile of a cultivated field. And my son and I, Luke, we went out and a few days of hard hunting, the weather cooperated beautifully. And, you know, You either need to get a really lucky window of cool weather to go out and hunt, or you need to be very, very proficient in the field and know you're going to kill that animal fast, find it, and get it field dressed properly to avoid losing meat from heat spoilage. Right? Right. Weather cooperated. We went out and uh, had a nice two and a half day hunt. He knocked down a dandy cow, um, and when he made the shot, I watched it fall and. We went up and looked and located blood, but couldn't find the animal. And it was super duper thick brush, like near these, these farmers fields. And so we grid searched for about an hour and 45 minutes and it was still cool. Right. It was only like 64, 65 degrees, super early in the morning. And I sat down and I was debating in my head. Okay. How in the hell. And we're going to tell this kid that we can't find his elk, right? Like it, it is his third elk. And he, after an hour and a half of grid searching, I thought it was gone, man. I really did. And believe it or not, I said a prayer to St. Anthony. He's the tr- patron saint of lost shit, right? And I, I like said, like, man, throw us a bone here. Help us find. Like, you know, we say a little prayer to him when you lose your car keys. And I'm like, hey, like we lost this animal help us. And I, like, I literally kid you not, Ryan. I sat down and said that prayer, just chilling out. I'm like, okay, how am I going to break it to Luke? Like, this is about over. We're not going to find this animal. We'll find it tomorrow when we see the crows on it, right. Or smell it. And like two minutes after that prayer, he found a speck of blood on an overturned leaf entirely in the opposite way that we were looking for that animal. Wow. It was it was pretty awesome, and it led us right that to that. Awesome. It led us right to to his cow. So, getting to the point at hand now, and I had to lead into that because usually when we kill an animal, it doesn't take two hours to find that animal. Whether when we kill it with a rifle or a bow or whatever, I mean, maybe if you make a bad shot, it lays there. But getting back to what I consider the biggest mistake or sin or whatever you want if you want to get all biblical sin of people in the field with the animal yeah dirty meat's bad because of the introduction of bacteria and it can get in farther and stuff like that but when you said that i almost cringed that ah shoot i did say that because what happened with luke's elk the legs on the upside we didn't lose any meat on those but what happens on the legs on the bottom side, they have the earth that are insulating them. They have that animal weighing, laying, laying on top of it, as well as all the heat from that animal. So that leg is kind of in a cooker, right? Because right. the leg on top you deal with first as well, right? So on that lower leg, and it, it was definitely a good size cow, good size hind quarter. I ended up losing, I weighed, I weighted, I lost, right around eight and a half pounds of meat and i know that's not a big deal to lose like most people pull that off if they're not a good butcher when they're trying to cut the silver skin off and stuff like that but we lost about eight and a half pounds of meat and it was oh it was cringing to me and i was thinking okay what if you know and where were your field rest in this animal was dusty around the bases of these bushes and stuff And so we use the hide that we would pull off, like from the top down from the animal when we're skinning it to get to it, to basically act as a rug or a carpet. So when we pull legs off or have to set them down because our muscles are cramping or whatnot, there's the pelt or the, the hide underneath of them. So they're not laying directly on the dirt. Now we did get some dirt on the meat, right? But the dirt that I got on the meat, I was able to literally shave it off right? A very, very thin quarter inch, even thinner slice of meat with a very sharp knife was able to remove all of that dirt and everything over the parts of the meat that touch the dirt. So I would like to renig on my previous answer of dirty meat. While I, it's very annoying because if you get just one piece of a hind quarter and it's the only thing going into a bag and I'm just using hind as an example it's not going to spread to the rest of the meat. Right. Now, if you get if you drop that hindquarter in the dust and it like does a couple rolls down and then you put it in a game bag, I mean, that's a ugh. I mean, the, the amount of pain in the butt work you have to do to get that meat clean is is Herculean, right? Or, or even worse, what if you're one of the guys that you know only brings two pillowcases to an elk hunt, right? It's like <laughs> right bringing a cap gun to to a, a rifle match right like you bring a couple pillowcases and so you get you drop this damn hind quarter or set it down in the dirt and it's dirty and you have to put your back strap in there or your tenderloin or something else in there now you've really taken these amazing quality cuts of meat and dirtied them and you have to shave that off it sucks there's ways to go about it and the ways to go about it And the tips, like the pro tip I would give in this, have at least one black contractor bag in your kill kit. One of those big ones, like they cost like 10 bucks for eight of them, a roll of eight of them at Home Depot. Have one in your kill kit and slice it down so that it folds out into essentially a huge tarp, right? You're never going to use it as a tarp. But what I would say to have that to keep the meat from getting dirty, when you you make that cut down the spine of the animal and you're pulling that meat down and then you make, or not meat, the hide down. And then you make the cut around the lower leg, go up the back part of the hind quarter, you meet it and you basically undress it that way. So you have a naked leg, slide that garbage bag wherever you think you're going to end up having to set that leg down. Especially if you're solo and, you know, doing yoga and origami with your body to get to that ball joint and everything, you know, you're going to have to set it down at some point. Right. have that damn contractor bag there to set that leg on so it doesn't get dirty right no, have
0: it there that's a great that's
1: idea. idea i mean you could you could manipulate the hide like uh, so that's pro tip number 1 for clean meat is contractor bag the second one and so many people make this mistake hell i made this mistake up until like a year and a half ago when you cut down the hide of the animal at the top from the neck to the tail where do you typically cut down it, it, it's a rhetorical question because i feel like your answer is going to be right down the top of the spine right what's the problem with going right down the top of the spine some of that once you cut it and release the tension on that hide it pulls away a little bit so when you flip that animal after removing the backstrap, the tender and the two quarters and you flip that animal the top piece of that backstrap if it's especially if it's in a dusty area or dirty area can get dirt on it. So what I do is when I cut down that spine, now whatever side is up in the air and I'm going first, I air to the side that I'm going to remove first by about an inch. Oh, that makes sense. And that way, when I roll it over that flap covers the top of the back strap and it's perfectly clean. Right. So that that's, that's pro tip number two for clean meat. But now, having thought about this and having had to deal with spoiled meat, <clears throat> eight and a half pounds of spoiled meat, to be exact, and it was hard. The biggest problem, sin, if you will. Do I sound like a priest when I say sin? Nope. Like, no. Just, <laughs> just saying prayers. and I i don't think I could ever get away with being a priest. I- I think I get struck by lightning first, but now I truly think the biggest like mistake people make in the field with their meat is not being proficient enough, not doing it fast enough, right? Because what happens when that that earth is there? Then you have that what seventy pound hind quarter sitting there. Then you have the entire weight of that animal sitting on top of it. It's baking. And then what's still metabolically active? Where is all that heat coming from in those quarters? The bone, right? The yeah, bone still is still hot. Right? Heat in the body. It. Yeah, that's why they call it bone rot. So what's the surefire way to not make what I consider now the biggest sin in the field is be proficient? Get the front quarter, the hind quarter, the back strap off, and flip that freaking animal over and remove that hide and immediately go to work on the hind quarter. Right. You do not take the front quarters off first. The front quarters are so fast, they're also small. There's also the thoracic cavity there, not all of the heat and everything from the guts. Hind quarter first. Right. That so makes sense. let's say you get it off. Right. You're like, oh, I think it's okay. But now, what do we all have to do? We have to pack that shit out, right? And I mean, if you're old and slightly overweight and not in, you know, like Cameron Haim shape, so basically 99 point everybody in the hunting community except Cam and a few others, right? Oh, yeah. A A mile and a half pack out with a hind quarter and two back straps on your back, that shit's heavy. And that means you're going to stop a lot. Like, in fact, when we were packing this out, I was doing that. I was, I was literally in the 50 step club. We were going up a steep Canyon and I was like 50 steps. And, you know, Luke's in front of me with his front quarter, just like racing up the hill. And he's like, dad, what are you doing? I'm like 45, 46. And then at Here. 50, I would stop, take like five breaths and then go for another 50. It took for friggin ever to get this, like not that far out either. Cause crap's heavy. But what did I do? I ended up losing meat because I thought I had enough time. So what could I have done to be more proficient and save meat? I could have sliced not through the muscle itself, but those areas where the connective tissue, like where the sirloin tip meets the bottom round or where the sirloin tip meets the top round, depending on what side you want. You can just make a slice right down where those muscles join down to the bone and expose it. And that immediately opens up and releases a bunch of the heat there and keeps bone rot from occurring. It's not a surefire way to do it. I mean, the only surefire way to make that happen is to bone out the meat. I'm not a huge fan of boning out meat in the field unless you got a really long hike back to the car. Because I think it it ages better when it's actually left on the bone. But you can cut down on both sides of that sirloin tip, expose the bone, let that heat dissipate even while it's in the bag, even while the sun's beating down on your back. So my renigging has t- brought me to the biggest sin or the biggest problem with people in the field. They do not do it fast enough and proficient enough and they end up losing meat because of bone rot. And, yeah, and that, that just happened. It, eight and a half pounds, man. <laughs> and it, 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 I I mean, we, they were, it was a big cow. Like we got, we got a lot of meat. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> project how many pounds of meat we got, but like it kills me to to have gotten rid of that. And you know, I, it's not that I wasn't proficient enough. I promise you I can do an entire elk and solo in about an hour. It's not fun. And I end up like getting yoga cramps from having to do all the weird positions to get it. But it takes me about an hour. The problem was it took us two hours to find that animal. So maybe you're super proficient in the field, but it took a long time to find that animal, and me and my big bald head. I'm thinking, oh, it's overcast. It's cool. I'm okay. I I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have made the mistake. I should have just hedged my bets okay. and sliced between the sirloin tip and top and bottom round down to the bone, and just let that heat go out. And I wouldn't have ended up losing eight and a half pounds. Fortunately, and I know this is is bad the meat that I lost is not my favorite meat on the animal. The bottom round is not my favorite cut on the animal. I lost a really good chunk of bottom round and I lost the under curvature of the sirloin tip. My, my, what I consider the most undervalued piece of meat on the hind quarter, the top round, it was right as rain. So good. I I guess real quickly, what do you do if you've effed up and you've done that? Like, what does, you know, bone rot meat smell like? And
0: that's that was that was my question before we finish. <clears throat> How do you know the meat's bad? Like, what's your process of knowing same, that
1: it's the same color, right? We're not talking bloodshot meat, it's the same color, it's the same texture. But if any of our listeners out there, and I know you know you have a few kids, and well, double the amount that I have, I have a few kids. If you have smelled milky baby vomit, that's what spoiled meat or bone rotted meat smells like milky babe, you know, when it kind of curdles in their belly and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, cooing on you and you pat their back and they like vomit and it hits your neck and your chest. And you're like, Oh God, that smells so bad. Like milky baby vomit is what it smells like. So <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing is I, you don't have to throw away a whole like 12 or 14 pound bottom round because You, one side of your bottom round smells like milky baby vomit. What do you do to cover your tracks and your mistake? What what did I do? And what would anybody do? Well, I know a lot of people would say, oh, I'll just cook it out. (sighs) Don't do that. Take your knife and slice out the area. If it's a whole big track, go a quarter inch and slice a quarter inch of that meat off. And you have that. You set it aside or you throw it in the trash bag, then you smell the meat again. You smell the roast. If it still smells like milky baby vomit, slice another. another quarter or inch off. Take a smell. Okay, it's gone in that spot, but smell all the way up and down that bottom around. Be like, oh, there's a spot here that still has that smell. Make a little deeper divot right there with your knife. Put your nose in there. If it smells like good fresh meat, you're good. If it still has that milky baby vomit smell, Dig deeper. You don't have to throw the whole thing away. You have to cut out the area that's bad, right? When you think of some of these cuts, I mean, the damn sirloin tip roast can be like six and a half seven inches because one little corner of it smells and is yeah. is bone rot doesn't mean the whole roast is bad. You cut it off. It just happened, right? right? It's not it's not sitting there all day. So there it is. that's that's how to prevent your meat from getting dirty and what I consider the biggest, Mistake, Sin. And like I said, if, if, if it's not because you couldn't find the animal, if it's because of your lack of proficiency, there's ways to get around to that. I mean, hell we have you, what we have, we have a cut right app to help people avoid that, right? Don't make that mistake. If it's because you couldn't find your animal, totally understandable, be proficient, get it out and cut down to that bone and expose that bone and let some air out and air into those muscles to cool them down. And awesome. That's, that's it, buddy. That's what I got. Awesome. That's uh it's 15 minutes of pleasure. That's uh Yeah, that's
0: that's good stuff. I was just enjoying listening to it.
1: Oh, Jesus. I can go <laughs> on for hours about that, buddy.
0: <laughs> I was I was enjoying it. It you answered all my questions. So, uh well, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the listeners and uh
1: well, listen, we'll back listen. Here's a quick thought. Next week, next week. So this is, we're recording this on Thursday, the 10th. It'll come out on what the 15th or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there,
0: somewhere around there.
1: Maybe right before hunting season, we should have a discussion on saran wrap and freezer paper versus vacuum sealing in case, like organs tags open. I know some of them on the fifteenth and stuff like that. And I think with people buying and getting their kits ready, I mean, if they don't have time to age their meat, they're going to get to uh, vacuum sealing or butcher papering pretty fast there in September. So maybe we should discuss that for our, for our next episode.
0: Yeah, let's do it. I think that was one of the topics you wanted to do. So I love it. Let's love let's it. cover it, and you can uh, answer all my questions.
1: Uh, I look forward to it. I got pluses and minuses of, of all of them.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys. Take care.